In this episode of Upward Calling, we talk about being a worker in God's kingdom. Welcome to Upward Calling. We help Christians develop a relationship with God by talking with University Church of Christ evangelist Josh Greel and Dr. Kenny Embry. Listen as we take a deeper dive on a lesson from a recent Sunday service and help you apply it Monday through Friday. How are you doing, Josh? Kenny, I'm doing great. Uh, this happens to be the week in between weeks. Uh, I was in Alabama <laughs> last week. I'm here this yeah. week. I'll be in in Louisville, Kentucky next oh. week. And I think in Louisville today, the temperature reaches 102 or something like that. So <laughs> yeah, that's exactly um, right. I, I'm really hoping it cools down a little bit before I get up there. This past Sunday, you started talking about working as a Christian, and it, it slotted into that remnant theme that you've been developing. You made the comparison between building the temple and building ourselves into the house of God. What does it mean that we are a temple? That, I tell you, that is really one of the most fascinating areas to examine when you consider the work of the Holy Spirit in Scripture. Because we as, as New Testament Christians, and we're, we're given this promise, this assurance, you know, even you know, kind of our foundational text of, of Acts 2.38, you know, how do you become a Christian? And Peter told those on the day of Pentecost, they need to repent, they need to be baptized, and you'll receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Right. Well, you trace that back into the Old Testament, and how was God's presence known among the people? And we examined this just a little bit in the in the sermon on Sunday, but this idea that God said, I'm going to have you build a place where my name is going to dwell. And we and we see that the tabernacle is first constructed and God's presence is there. And then we see that the temple is constructed and God's presence is there. But then God's presence leaves that temple and that temple is destroyed and, and they rebuild a temple. But you never read about God's presence coming back into that temple. And so really God is is preparing the way that there's going to come a time where, you know, as, as Jesus said to the, to the, um, the woman at the well, you know, the Jews worship in Jerusalem, yeah. your people worship on, on another mountain, but the time is coming when all those who worship are going to worship in spirit and in truth. And Jesus didn't really, you know, get into the, the location. And I think for this reason, he knew in him, he who describes himself as greater than the temple the time was coming where God's presence is no longer confined at any space. God's presence goes with and wherever his people are. And that's the, you know, the wondrous thing that we consider. Yeah, we can think about that when we come together on Sunday to worship. But even as we, as we leave there, we are the temple going out into our homes and into our workplaces and into our schools that, that people look and there, there is the presence of God. It's in the presence of people who are reformed and transformed into his image. So um, you, you read this passage in, in Ephesians 2 that we, we looked at and this, this final, you know, wonderful aspect of we who were once far off, who are now brought near and we are being built into this temple of God. That mm-hmm. is a, the, a great blessing that Christians experience today that, God's people throughout time never would have even imagined like, oh, wherever I am, God's with me. You know, right. God's in, God's within me. His, his presence is here. Does that mean that God's with us or we're with God? Or is there a difference? No, I hadn't thought of that question, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you know, he, 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 he says to, and Jesus says to his, you know, his own disciples, you know, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So he does speak of it as him being with us. But then you look at even these, these wonderful passages about what heaven is. And you read the, the conclusion of Revelation where in this new Jerusalem, there's no temple there. There's no need for it. Well, that's right. because God's temple has now come to God himself. His people are there and God is in their midst. So I would say, I, I guess if we're to, to, to make a fine point on it, that while we're here on this earth, God is with his people. But the whole point of it is we get to heaven where God is. And there the, the presence of God is in its fullest and most intimate, intimate form, if that makes any sense. That makes a lot of sense. There's a friend of mine, her name's Heather Wells. And one of the things she said was, too often what we do is, is we, we, pray, we, we do something and it might, might be with the best of intentions. But then we, we pray to get the rubber stamp from God so that we can say, look, aren't my plans so good? And by the way, you should approve them. And, and really, that's a backwards way of looking at it. That, that really what we need to start doing is looking to what God wants us to do if this action is basically something that we should be pursuing. Because God has already told us what he wants us to pursue. Does that make yeah, sense? It does. It does. Absolutely. The other thing is you talked about the difference between being a living brick and uh, what's the difference between that and being maybe, I don't know, a concrete brick or a precious metal brick. I mean, you're, you're getting into a lot of masonry here, Josh. That's that's true. Uh, I should have, and I did not within the lesson, but if if you look at First Peter um, in chapter two, Peter makes this statement in verse four that coming to him as to a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. So we are, we are coming to Jesus. He is described as this living stone. And then he says mm-hmm. in verse five, you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood. And so really the only, uh, the, the point we're trying to differentiate with is you you think of the grandeur of Solomon's temple. Mm-hmm. Um, you consider what Herod made of, of the temple that was then built in the days of Zerubbabel and Ezra and, and others. Yeah. Um, and you know, such a temple that even you know, when you when you read Matthew 24, as Jesus is going to prophesy the destruction of that temple, and yet his disciples are so impressed with it. And they're looking at all the buildings, and they're pointing this out, and they're pointing that out, this, this magnificent structure. And what God is saying to us is, you, Josh, with all your warts, with all your, with all your failings, with, with your, you know, body that doesn't always work correctly, um, <laughs> same for you, Kenny, same for anybody else that's listening. Right. You are you are much more precious and you are a living stone in my temple. And I think the Peter passage, first uh, Peter two is saying the, the construction of this temple is always going to be vastly different because the, the building pieces of this temple are those who are becoming like my son. My son is the living stone that is the cornerstone. And now other living stones are coming. And that's what has made this temple so great and so so wondrous that you know if if the queen and she the queen of sheba came to solomon and solomon you know showed her all of his wonders you know what should people be impressed with today it's it's the people mm-hmm. of god yeah and let me see if you agree with this i don't know if it's 
we are a living stone. We are not the palace. We are not. We are not the whole shebang. Uh, quite frankly, we're just one part of a greater whole. And and God is, I think, I, I think, trying to point out to us: look, you're and you're not that important, but you are important to God because you're made important by God to be a part of something that is bigger than you are. Does that make sense? It does, and it emphasizes uh, what you said there. You know, if if it were a case that you know you're the only Christian on the face of the earth, or you're the only Christian in your community, then, then yeah, you are the, the temple of God represented there. Um, that is not our scenario. That is not, you know, pretty much anyone's scenario. Um, Right. Maybe, maybe a few, uh, you know, in some very, uh, oppressed places. Um, but we are a a part of a temple. I'm not the temple. Uh, Jesus is, is the temple and I get to be a part of him. And that's where really, when you look in the, in all these passages and, and you have your mixed metaphors, even as we looked at in Ephesians, Ephesians two, <laughs> where the temple, yeah. Ephesians four, where the body, but right. the point of that is every part of the body, therefore every part of the temple is equally important, even if they do various things. And, and we've talked about that in, in previous podcasts, you know, that absolutely. if I, if I'm leading or if I'm serving, if I'm teaching, if I'm, you know, encouraging, whatever it is, I need to be doing that, uh, to the best of my ability. And that is for the good of the entire body. So I'm important in that, but I am not, I'm not the temple. I'm just, I'm just a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. You also referenced something that's going on in the news. Now, you might want to describe what, what happened with the, the Tampa Bay Rays and why they yeah. were in the news this week, because, you know, three or four weeks from now, this is obviously going to be old news. Yes. So, l- let me ask you, uh, you talked about fear and the fear of some of those players. And let me, the follow up to that is, when is fear a good thing and when is it a dangerous thing? So tell us what, what you were talking about. And how fear plays into this. So, you know, Kenny, this is again one of those seismic changes we've seen within our society. And, and I always preface it with this. You know, there are um, there are ways that we as Christians have not talked about or have talked about the LGBTQ community in the past that were not holy and right. You know, right. it was very right. much, you know, bring the wrath of God on them now, judge them now. And it was not a lot of grace there. Um right. I think I think we're better there than than we were mm-hmm. but that also for for we who are believers of God doesn't mean because we're more gracious and, and more you know uh maybe even accepting within our communities that we don't hold true to what God teaches on homosexuality on gender and, and all these things that we, that we have to do that well you know, Kenny, for us growing up, June just meant we're on summer vacation. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's, that's all exactly. that meant. Well, June doesn't mean that anymore. Uh, right. June now means that, um, oh, if I go to particular restaurants, it's all going to be rainbow themed. And if we watch particular shows, it's all going to be, you know, something to do with LGBTQ message. Um, and so the situation here in Tampa was there was a pride night where something you don't associate with, you know, the homosexual movement and agenda sports. And yet the, the team put on a pride night where all the players were going to wear uh, logos that were then rainbow themed. Well, there were five players on the Tampa Bay race who declined. Mm -hmm. 
they were not reprimanded by the team for doing that. They were not reprimanded from baseball from doing that. They did not go online and blast the LGBT community. They did not say anything derogatory. They just said, we're not going to wear the the logo. And they only said that when it was pointed out by someone else. They didn't come out beforehand and say, oh, no, we're, you know, we're, we're totally against this. They just didn't wear it. Well, they were then you know, burned at the stake in, in, in the media for that, at least in some segments of the media. And I don't think they were afraid, but I just use that as a, as a symptom of kind of what is going on in our society that we do become fearful. And, you know, where, when is it right? When is it wrong? I think the way I look at it is I think we're all concerned about what this means for future generations. I am you know, I, I, my kids are, are at an age where I think we've we've made good impressions and, and led them in the right ways that I think we're going to we're going to be able to make it through these challenging middle school and high school years. And, and we're going to be OK. You know, there's just going to be things that are, are pressed upon our children earlier and earlier that, you know, my grandkids, if I have any in the future, you know, what are they going to be facing before they even hit elementary school? You know, and what what then do those decisions become for, you know, parents as far as even how they how they send kids to school or if they don't send kids to school? I, I don't know what all that means. So we become concerned from that. And I don't think that's wrong scripturally. I think you can't read Romans one and you can't read passages like First uh, Timothy four, where Paul describes kind of the degeneration of the world before and even what Paul says is going to happen later on in these last days at second Timothy four, I apologize. Um, and not see that. Yeah. You know, these are things that do concern us and we do, maybe we should say worry about, you know, how will this affect believers in the future? The difference in, in that and fear though, is if we become afraid of what the, the world says about us, then that's when we stop working. That's why it happened to the the Israelites in the days of Zerubbabel. And that's what Jesus says to his apostles in Matthew chapter 10. You know, don't fear men who can kill the body, kill him who can, I mean, fear him who can kill both body and soul. Um, And he goes on to talk about how God, who can do that, also knows the very number of the hairs on your head, you know, knows what happens to every sparrow, says you're much more valuable than than, than many sparrows. So we have all this. and, And what Jesus is saying is, yeah, you're concerned. Yeah, there, there, there are reasons from a human standpoint to be concerned, to even be fearful. You've got God on your side and God is greater. And so mm-hmm. don't be afraid. Carry on the work. Suffer whatever consequences there are for that. But understand that ultimately you're on the right side and you're on the side that's going to win. In culture, we very well might lose this. And God is not concerned with where we, whether or not we lose a culture war. But what he is concerned with is how do we treat the people that are around us? And he has never given us license or excuse to treat anyone poorly. That doesn't mean we, we agree with, we, with them. That does not mean we don't have a very civil disagreement or that, that we don't argue. But that does mean at, we are never given the opportunity or the excuse to hate someone for what they believe. Absolutely. How can we, who are children of God, who himself is described as love, who loved his enemies enough to give his son, yes, he will execute judgment on the world 
Yeah. But he still loves them. And, and so there is no excuse for us to, to act in hate, to act in anger. Um, you know, we leave all that to God. We have the message of peace and love that we need to be spreading. Jesus was born into an adulterous culture. He died in an adulterous culture. Paul preached his entire life in an idolatrous culture. But the people that were around Jesus, the people that were around Paul, those were the ones who were changed. How should we work for God? When does he need our work? So that's that's an interesting question. Um, and I go back to what is said in Ephesians 2, where we we read about, you know, that we're saved by God's grace. And, uh, you know, it's not by our works. But then he says in verse 10, we are his workmanship. Yeah. And we are created for good works. So there's there's an interesting point there that we need to be working for God. He, he can utilize us. But even in the work that we're doing, we're only able to do it because... We're his workmanship. We are what he has made. And so he has made us for this purpose. I, there's there's an old song, and we, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. And I understand the sentiment of it. It says, Christ has no hands but our hands to do his work today. And I understand the sentiment of it, but there's there's a, a way that you can read that song that I, I find a little bit disturbing. And, and it makes it almost makes God look powerless. And and the problem is God doesn't need my hands. He doesn't need my voice. He doesn't need need me. Period. But I. But on the opposite end of that, I need God. I need Him desperately. And me being a worker for God, me being doing the work that God has set out for me. For me, I hope it helps other people. I tell you what, though, that work helps me. Yeah. And you know, I I think that the thing as a as a college professor, everything that I have ever taught, the person who learned the most in that class was me. I, I think that's that's kind of the, the grand irony of what God, he, he asks us to basically do the work to help others. But the person that we end up honestly helping the most is ourselves, because it makes us more like God. Does that make sense, Chuck? I, I think the way you can even look at it, even from the standpoint of that song, and I, I, I agree, I, I get what you're saying about that song, but it's more like this only magnifies the greatness of God that he can and does use me. You know, when, when Paul talks about his work as an apostle, he frequently refers to himself as the chiefest of sinners, one who blasphemed, one who persecuted. Yeah. And yet it's in awe that he can say, God's using me, you know, God, I'm, I'm a chosen vessel for this message. And so to, to say that God uses us, it really only only magnifies, you know, here's how great God is, that he can use people who were formerly just as lost in sin as the people we've already talked about, who were, you know, alienated and, and strangers from him and did not follow him. And now he, because of what he has made of us, he can use us to then go out and help others. You know, yeah. that that's not a reflection on, on Kenny and Josh and anyone else and how great we are. That's a reflection on how how great and powerful God is. And that's the danger right there. I think the more we separate ourselves into, we are the saved, we are the righteous, they are the sinners, they are the problem. Um, the more we miss that, no, we're the problem too. 
we had the same problem. We, all of us, every single one of us needs the solution that God can give us. Uh, we, we are in just as big a pickle as everybody else. It, it should make us sympathize with others more. That does not mean that, that uh, I don't have advantages because God, I have chosen God back, but God has chosen us, and, and he wants to choose everyone. Does that make sense? You know, the, the saying, by the grace, but by the grace of God, go I. You know, that's that, exactly right. So we are the the grace of God is available for the the whole world. We who are following in faith uh, are are experiencing that grace now, and we long to experience that grace in the future. The world, if it continues to reject His grace, you know the 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 hope is not there. However, the grace of God is available to every last one. And it's our job mm-hmm. to, to hold fast and hold forth that grace for other people to, to be able to experience as well. Why does building ourselves up into God's house help us with God's upward call? That's what the upper call is. The upper call, ultimately, if we go back to our, our kind of fine point from earlier in the podcast, uh, ultimately, to be in heaven is to be where God is. Well, we are becoming the habitation of God now. Uh, and so by, by extension, what we're building with the people of God, the body of Christ, you just kind of move addresses. You know, we, we'll, we'll leave this temporal plane and this physical existence, and we'll go to the much grander existence. But we'll have been building that. Um, and I don't know if that makes sense, but you know, it's it's what we're what we're currently working on and constructing is the eternal abode of of being with Christ and, and being with God. Right. It, and again, we've we've referenced this a couple of times in a couple of different podcasts. That the, the Second Peter first chapter series that you're going to through is actually really important. Yeah. Nobody starts off with a house done; they start with a house that's in process. You start with a foundation and you build walls and you put in plumbing and blah, 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 blah. We are all works in progress. And the idea that this, it, it, it's incremental small changes that make you better and better, that build you into the house of God. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And so speaking of the, uh, uh, the second Peter series, JP will be preaching and we'll be back in first Corinthians 13 this Sunday, but then Lord okay. willing the following Sunday, we will finally get back to second Peter. We, we took a detour there cause I wanted to, you know, a couple of weeks ago, talk about, uh, the violence and, and the kingdom of peace in the midst of that. So, uh, yeah. been a little bit of hiatus in between lessons, but we'll come back to that. All right. So next time we'll be talking about first Corinthians 13 again. And then Correct. after that, We'll be we'll be resuming Second Peter chapter one. So that sounds great, man. So I tell you, why don't we talk about that next time? Sounds good, Kenny. All right, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to get to know us more, you're welcome to watch a live stream service or join us in person at the University Church of Christ in Tampa, Florida. The sermon we reference in this episode is in the show notes. We have all of our information at universitychurchofchrist.org. Until next time, God bless you in your walk with God.